You have joined us on the ICB News Channel podcast. This is episode 21 and is a podcast that is brought to you by bookkeepers helping bookkeepers helping business. My name is Rob Marshall and today I'm joined by the CEO of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Amanda Linton, to make a very significant announcement about a new offering the ICB is making available to bookkeepers that will add significantly, we believe, to a bookkeeper's status and knowledge base. And then later in today's episode, ICB Executive Director, Matthew Addison, will be joining us to unpack all of the current topics that bookkeepers need to be across at this time. So let's get into today's episode. It is the end of financial year. Well, actually, it's not really the end of the financial year because that has passed and the back end of the year is already starting to loom. Uh, We have got plenty to look forward to as bookkeepers and I thought it was really important that we get one of the most important bookkeepers in Australia, the CEO of the ICB, of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Amanda Linton, to join us today on the ICB News Channel podcast. Great to have you, Amanda. Thanks for the invitation, Rob. Always a pleasure. We will have you any day of the week, Amanda. Um, I've mentioned that we have just come through, potentially, two or three of the busiest months, arguably, for any bookkeeper, whether that's working in a business as an employed bookkeeper or whether that's a professional bookkeeper. It is a crazy time of the year, that sort of June, July into August period. Any sort of thoughts on the fact that there is no doubt many many, um, of our members, many many of our bookkeeping community feeling a little bit tired at the moment? I'm even probably sounding a bit tired myself at the moment, listening to myself. Um, Any advice on why or how we can sort of mitigate some of that tiredness at this time of the year? Look, it's, it's a super important call out. And at the end of the day, we know that we all have excessive peaks and troughs in our working lives and end of financial year for us is one of them. So I think it's important to, A, call out the fact that we know we're tired. We know we're tired. We know we've been working hard. But unfortunately, it's not the time to take the foot off the pedal just yet. We've still got some deadlines coming up, as we know. We've got our best deadlines, um, you know, hitting us throughout August, et cetera. But I think there's some really important call-outs, Rob. And the first one is now that we're over some of our bigger deadlines, um, and we know we still have Tea Party come is probably our next major one. But it, it's really important just to make sure that we take some time for ourselves during this period of time, be kind to ourselves, be kind and recognise the fact that we are tired and we do need to take a break on occasion so we don't burn out. So having those little, even if it's just a mini break, Rob, like make sure you take a lunch break. Make yeah. sure you turn yourself off for at least a couple of days a week and spend some time with the family or walking the dog or whatever it might well be. But my other piece of advice that I think is really important, and you hear me talk about it a lot, is making sure that we have boundaries in place with our clients. Make sure your clients know this is your super busy time of year. So they will as we know, clients can be at times be demanding about hitting, getting things ready for tax preparation and all of those kinds of things. But make sure we stick to our boundaries. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if we are feeling a little bit overwhelmed and we do need to figure out how we're going to make it through the next period, then reach out to resources like the Beyond Blue NASBO program, the new access for small business owners. And those tools exist for a reason. And now more than ever, it's critical that we just go, you know what, 
I'm having a bit of a tough time, I just need someone to talk to, and that's what that tool's there for. It's an excellent tool and I encourage everyone to use it. Yeah, no, really good call out and uh, perhaps I should qualify that some of my tiredness probably comes from sitting up watching Ash's cricket till all hours of the morning on a regular basis over the last few months as well. But, uh, yeah, no, some really great call-outs there, that NASBO program we have, you know, advertised and is available for um, members in particular and non-members to get the information from our website, www.icb.org.au. Um, scroll through our news items. We've got some news items around some opportunities for you to to deal with, as you've called out, with that tightness, that type of time of the year where we just go, you know, oh, we've got to find that more energy because, as you said, it's not finished yet. No. Uh, we've got lots still to unpack as bookkeepers in the months of August and September, well through into the latter part of this uh, calendar year. So, really important and I know how you over many years have found some ways and, and developed um, skills around mitigating that. I'm sure you <laughs> have felt, felt that tiredness many times yourself, but you have found ways to be able to, to, to mitigate that in your practice back in the day and uh, some of those learnings are really important for us at this time of the year. Yeah, and, and you're right. Those, you know, I have had my, my years of being in practice and many years of being in practice and hitting this peak time of year and having to come up with strategies. And at the end of the day, Rob, when I stripped it all back, you just got to take some time for yourself. Yeah. You have to be kind to yourself and allow yourself to take a break. And that's probably one of our biggest challenges is kind of going, it's actually okay for me to say no. So if you're listening in right now and you're about to say yes when you should say no, well, there you go. There's some uh, there's some impetus for you to perhaps uh, get brave and say no. Let's move into some, uh, or a, quite significant announcement and one of the major reasons we've got you on today's ICB News Channel podcast is to announce something that, uh, well, sort of has previously been flagged but now has come to fruition. I'll... Uh, because you are the CEO, I'll let you have the uh, the privilege of doing that. This is a really exciting announcement, Rob, and something the team's been working really hard on for a number of months now. Uh, a lot of lead-in work, and you're right, we did briefly mention it at the summit that this was coming. So um, I'm super excited to announce that members will be able to access our new micro-credential program. We're going into our first micro-credentials. So it's sort of this project that's finally come to a head and we're finally going to be able to see some runs on the board with it. But I'm really excited about it. I think it's a great opportunity for our members and I know the team have had a great time putting it together. So let, let's just unpack for a moment what, what actually is a micro-credential and what, what are, why have we put so much emphasis to, to um, create this um, delivering model for our members in particular and we will mention that it will be available eventually for non-members so those who are tuning in um, stay stay connected with this conversation because this will bring about opportunity for you to grow your learning and to be able to grow out the, the thing that you already know you do in some cases really well but have the opportunity to demonstrate that uh, not only to others but to yourself. But maybe without going too much further, explain what is actually a micro-credential? So micro-credentials are a specific learning pathway set of small, I suppose if you want to use older language, short courses. They're yep. really short, sharp credentials that you can tap into to gain a specific skill set 
um, for a particular topic or alternatively you can put together a series of multiple credentials to build out a learning pathway um, around um, certain I say whatever topics that you really want, want it to be. So in our case, what we've done is a micro-credential is basically under the national micro-credential framework, which we've um, worked really hard to make sure that our courses sit inside that framework yeah. and meet all of the guidelines. Yeah. Basically, um, it's a course from anywhere from a minimum of about an hour to a maximum of 10 hours. And it's a inbuilt unit of study where you have some learning materials that you have to work your way through and then there's some short questions and a small assessment at the end of it. And at the end of the credential, in our case, we're going to be issuing little uh, micro-credential badges. So that's an accreditation badge from ICB that says you actually know what you're talking about when you're representing yourself to a client on this particular subject. So the credentials, as I said, they are, ours will be anywhere from, we're aiming from an hour to five hours. We don't want to make them too big, Rob, because we know everyone's super busy. Um, In our case, what we've done is from the conversations we had at conference, which were really, really great conversations, we've identified, and from conversations with our education partners, we've identified that there are some gaps in the Cert 4 as far as practical delivery of skills. So we're working with our education partners. We're starting to work with a couple of our software partners, and that's a bit of a going to keep everyone on the hook for that for a little bit longer yet. But we're working with our partners to put together these micro-credentials to fill some of those gaps in the Cert 4 market. And that's really what it's about. So to the excitement, like I say, is... is, uh... Well, I'm excited and I can't wait to see the reaction to this from bookkeepers across Australia because one of the things that I do understand, having been a bookkeeper in practice for quite a while now, a long, probably a long time now actually, um, is that uh, we often get a little bit frustrated that we have skills that we can demonstrate on a daily basis but we really don't have anything to hang our hat on to show somebody that we have those skills until we actually go and put them in place. So as you've said, this is just that ability to get some a recognition not only from others but also within yourself as to what you know you are skilled at doing as a, as a, a professional bookkeeper or perhaps even a bookkeeper in employment. How is this going to roll out? How, give us the practicalities of how this is going to roll out. You, you've mentioned that from um, August onwards here in um, Australia, uh, you'll be able to access the micro-credentials through the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. Give us a little bit more of an understanding of how that's going to roll out. So for the month of August, we're in a testing phase. So what we're actually asking initially is that uh, ICB members will be able to request to do this micro-credential. And they do that just by emailing our administration team, so admin at icb.org.au, and uh, then they will get sent a link to complete a test version of the credential. Now, the reason we're saying it's a test version, Rob, is because, as I said, we are, this is our first one that we're launching. We're making sure that we've got the format right, that our learning management platform works well, that it is cohesive and it actually meets the needs of of the members who are completing it. So we are in testing and because we are in testing phase for the month of August, um, this will be free to all ICB members. Once we get beyond the testing phase, then uh, there will be a small cost associated with it. And I just want to clarify that and set some expectation around that. That is because we are utilising expertise from our partners from those involved in the National Micro-Credential Framework, 
from our software partners. This has been a very heavy resource investment for us. And so we think that it's um, it's viable and it's also appropriate that there's a small cost associated with completing these micro-credentials. Yeah. So for the next month, ICBM members can get this one under their belt anyway with no cost associated to it. And all we ask in return is that when the credential is completed, that everyone completes a very short feedback survey so that we can build on uh, how we've put this one together. And <clears throat> pardon me, so once you've actually emailed in, you request it, you'll get a link from the time you commence the actual um, micro-credential, you'll have a period of uh, two hours to complete it. So, But you can stop it and start it however you want. So you might have 10 minutes here that you can do or you've got a half-hour break there or you can do it all in one sitting. It's entirely up to you. You'll go through, read the learning material, complete the short assessment, and then um, you'll get, when it's completed, you'll get an email from our team that'll say, within 24 hours, that'll say, Congratulations, you've completed it. Here's your score. That'll have a link to the survey and a link to download your micro-credential badge, which, um, as I say, again, part of the testing phase is getting the infrastructure behind the system right. And so we'll be tweaking that throughout the month as we go. So just to clarify, um, to be able to access um, this initial testing phase of our first micro-credential Admin at icb.org.au is where a member will have to apply to get that's access. right. Yeah. yeah. And the team will actually um, allocate it to you. Yes. So, or assign it to you. And then I so say, then you'll get the link to be able to complete the micro credential. So, we will be cross checking that it is only ICBM members in yep. the initial testing phase. Yeah. Just so that we can get some really solid feedback. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, just re emphasizing what you said, this is. Um, this is an amazing opportunity for us to take the learning opportunities of bookkeepers forward significantly, but we want to hear from bookkeepers as we do that and unroll um, roll this out to be able to um, learn from that ourselves. So yeah. that feedback is going to be really important for us and we'd really encourage them and make sure that if you do apply for the, the micro, that you uh, also complete the feedback and give us some, some feedback to, to work with. Yeah. It's also just just to call out too, Rob, remembering is this is CPE opportunity, yeah. right? So yeah. the ability to sit down and do a micro-credential, you're going to gain the CPE out of the end yeah. of it now. Um, the CPE will actually be allocated on the basis of, so this is what I mean about we're in the testing phase. You'll notice when you do this that at the moment I think it says one CPE hour. Yes. Um, it, it will be a little bit more for this yeah. one. Uh, but as I said, we just need, that's why it's so important to get the feedback and the testing of, of those, you know, how long it's taken and that kind of thing. So CPE will be will be allocated on the basis of the time that we believe that this should take and also to um, the costing that we we have once we actually go live with this uh, will be reflective of the amount of CPA you can earn as well. So the first ever micro-credential is going to be around TPAR. We did uh, hint at that at our uh, annual summit back in March and we've delivered on that. Um, so why TPAR? Well, I'll ask you, Rob, why team, uh, your team's led this project. <laughs> so I'm going to throw this back on you now I've done the full introduction. Um, there were a number of reasons, weren't there, but I'll leave it up to you to, to explain. Oh, I had a feeling you were going to turn this one around on me just quietly, but uh, I think, obvious. well, there's an obvious reason. We're launching this in August 2023, and by the 28th of August 2023, there's a deadline around taxable payments annual reporting. So we thought it was timely. We thought it was something that perhaps um, we could roll out and would be hugely beneficial, not only just now. So some some um, members 
tuning in by the time they hear this, may have already completed their TPATH this year. So it's ability to put themselves to a little bit of a test and make sure that what they've just completed, they have done in a, in a professional manner. Um, so there's a number of reasons, a couple of planets that just collided together as to why TPAR was kind of almost the obvious one for us to roll out at this time. Um, however, that is only the start. It is only the start. So and tell us about the future. So the future is we want to make this a consistent rollout and we'll build our micro-credential library, if you want to call it that, um, over the course of, you know, the coming years. So our intention is to, we want to try and drop at least one micro-credential a quarter. The yep. team is working much harder to do much more than that. Yes. Um, but, you know, as I said, there are resource materials to be written and learning plans to develop and all of those kinds of things. So as I've mentioned, this is a fairly resource-heavy project, but one that we feel is important. So we'll start thinking about some other topics. And I have to say, Rob, when we put this out at the summit and asked members for what kind of topics would you like micro-credentials on, there's some gold in that list. Yeah, well, sure was. And was some of it is theory-based and some of it's more practical-based and some of it is technical bookkeeping and some of it's, can I give a teaser, Rob, and say somewhere around the, you know, ethics and professionalism. And so we are going to be covering a really broad range of subjects with this. But as I said, it's something the team's super committed to. Um, it's a great project. We've had a lot of fun putting it together so far. Well, there you have it, folks. That's uh, our big announcement to kick off this um, episode of the ICB News Channel. Make sure you hang in. We've got a little bit more to unpack still in this episode. But uh, Amanda Linton, uh, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. And uh, as we said at the start, it's always great to have you joining us. And I'm sure you won't be a stranger moving forward. Absolute pleasure. Happy to come back anytime. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, and Hang in there. We've got more to come. As promised, one person goes out one door and another comes in another. We've seen, uh, and thank you to CEO Amanda Linton for that session, uh, having a little chat about that important new announcement around our micro-credential offerings to, uh, to members coming up. But another important person's come through the door and we won't debate who's more important, but he's the Executive Director of the ICB, Mr Matthew Addison, no stranger to the ICB News Channel. Welcome, Mr. Addison. Welcome, Rob. Good to be here, and I'm quite happy not to fight for the importance level. <laughs> I was sort of fingers crossed that you wouldn't go down that pathway. We'll both get in trouble with the CEO. <laughs> uh, we call it out on every episode. Uh, lots happening in the bookkeeping world. We had a quick chat, uh, the CEO and uh, myself, around uh, the stress levels that creep in at this time of the year for June and July and into August is probably arguably the three busiest months of the year for any professional bookkeeper or any bookkeeper in employment around Australia right now. Um, we discussed a few pro, uh, few mitigation opportunities perhaps for uh, bookkeepers to consider. So we won't go too deeply into that. We, we certainly acknowledge um, the incredible work that bookkeepers are doing right now as we speak here in Australia. But let's talk about a few of the things that they're actually dealing with and uh, kneeling, needing to deal with, all called out in the July newsletter or via our website, www.icb.org.au, and check out our, our news items that regularly are popping up on a, on a regular basis. Let's talk about family and domestic violence leave. Uh, we have discussed this, you and I, at great length in some previous episodes. 
what are uh, what's the main call out? And I'm guessing part of that is about a date that's just happened. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Look, family domestic violence leave was brought in by this government. It applied to big businesses uh, six months ago, and it started for all businesses. So small business are now inside the family paid family domestic violence leave as from 1st of August. So uh, as you've said, we've talked about the technical details. Each employee is entitled to claim up to 10 days per year It's not like sick leave. It's not like annual leave. There are some requirements around it. Uh, One of the good things that's happened, Rob, is um, the government-sponsored Lifeline to develop a series of podcasts, Mm. so 10 podcasts that are really speaking to the small business employer. Because, Rob, I'd love to think small business employers and our community of bookkeepers would never have to deal with this in their business world, let alone their private world. But the stats are uh, 4% of males, 14% of females will will experience this over the next, uh, next period of time. So it's likely to creep into our business environments and it's likely that the owners will go, I don't know what to do or even our community of bookkeepers, I don't know. So when your radar is tweaking, when you think there might be an issue with an individual, get onto these podcasts. So I literally, just before, Googled Family Domestic Violence Leave, FDVL podcasts. It took me to the Fair Work Ombudsman's webpage of the podcasts, and they're 10 podcasts simply to give you a way to think a way to approach it. It's not turning us into experts on how to counsel or solve the problem for an employee, but it's giving us enough to say, um, do we raise it? Do we refer them? And this is a key thing. We refer them to 1800RESPECT, be that the website 1800RESPECT, be it the phone number, um, referring that individual to the experts to get help. Yeah. Rob, we've talked about the details for employers before, but I really uh, commend all listeners to you know, spend the time on these podcasts. They're 10-minute podcasts, not like this one, Rob, where you and I get onto topics and we keep talking. Um, <laughs> but they're quick 10-minute podcasts for each of the 10 and well worth a listen. Perfect. I think we'll go with an essential listen by the sounds of it. So, um, yeah, let's um, let's call that out again. Uh, well, the easiest thing is either in your app uh, that you currently use, uh, perhaps you're using Apple Podcasts or Spotify, do a search up on uh, F, uh, FDVL um, and it should come up, I would expect. In fact, it will come up or otherwise just through Google. Um, you'll get circled back to the right links there. Um, but just calling out that date again, the, the 1st of August, uh, the Family and Domestic Violence Leave process has commenced. And um, if you're a bit unsure about the, the finer details, go back to uh, a previous episode of the ICB News Channel where Matthew and myself uh, talked about the, uh, the fine details of that at great length. Let's talk about TPAR, another event that happens in... Well, TPAR itself happens in August, but uh, oh, the TPRS 
process happens throughout the year, um, but TPAR itself is an annual reporting process that happens and is due on the 28th of August each year. Uh, we've got quite an extensive article in our uh, newsletter around TPAR for um, our members in particular to go and have a look at. Matthew, TPAR. So the annual reporting of certain industries, and I'll call out those industries just so that everybody's aware, the annual reporting is required by building and construction, uh, cleaning services, road freight and courier services, IT services, security and surveillance, and certain circumstances around government grants. I guess, first question for you, somebody who has their head inside government uh, more than most that I know, it's kind of stagnated. Are we going to see an expansion of that anytime soon or are we kind of in a, in a pause mode with this at the moment? Rob, I'm not hearing anything from any sector of government about expanding it. So right at the moment, we've got those industries that you've talked about, building and construction have been there for a while. The others have been added. Yeah. Um, I Personally, I'd like to see the whole TPRS thing simplified. Every invoice to every ABN, it should just be reported because most of our software, now I'm going to qualify this, most of our software enabled a really easy TPRS capture and reporting system. Um, my qualification is there seems to just be a little bit of a technical um, journey with yes. our software interacting with the tax office at the moment about the lodgement of the annual report. But I, I got to say, Rob, government's view on digitization and compliance based on accessing more data, compliance based on government ATO seeing more data and analysing it is a thing. So we are in a world now where the Australian government says digitisation is more effective, and it is, Rob. So you and I could go off on a whole other tangent about mm. business effectiveness, business productivity through digitisation. That is what I believe and that is what we talk to. But government are waking up that they can do better compliance activity with viewing and analysing data. So where is it at? I don't see any other industries being changed, any added anytime soon. Um, but they are analysing the data that we submit through TPAR. They are using it to capture those businesses that are not reporting sufficient income. So it, it's there. It's an active program. And there's some other programs inside the ATO at the moment with their 2030 vision that is all about them seeing this data. So it wouldn't surprise me if TPAR reporting actually becomes TPAR quarterly reporting. Yeah. Uh, it, in my long-term view, but as I said, it's not on government's agenda at the moment. I see other industries being added. So for those who are listening in right now, um, we mentioned in our earlier part of this particular episode that uh, for members, there's the opportunity to go and invest themselves with our new micro-credential around TPAR. Um, and we're, again, encouraging our members to do that. Um, 
and um, and be able to ensure that their skills around that are correct. But also for members, um, there's the opportunity to go and view our recent webinar around the taxable payments reporting system, um, which was recorded back on the 25th of July. And you can see that in our uh, technical webinar section of our website, the uh, webinars that have been recorded. So we'd encourage you to go and do that. Quite an extensive webinar and uh, a lot of detail covered in there. We had some excellent questions, Matthew, from uh, members um, which we've captured as we always do and I'm not going to hit you up with those questions right now because we definitely would go a lot longer than a, a podcast is designed to do. And I'm just going to sort of pick up on the main thread of a lot of the questions and a lot of them came around um, scenarios like if you are a bookkeeper and you have subcontractors, do you need to report those subcontractors? Or you might be a bookkeeper who has a business that it, that subcontracts out to get it cleaned. Do you need to uh, report that? Our reminder to everyone is that the reporting system and the annual reporting is only those industries that we mentioned a few moments ago, building and construction, cleaning services, road, freight and courier services, IT services and security and surveillance. So just because you contract one of those doesn't mean you need to report those. It's the the reporting entity is one of those businesses. So something that we sometimes have to just re-wrap our head around, Matthew. Um, it's not who you're subcontracting, it's the entity itself that does the reporting. Um, and the other, another thread that came through was, well, what if it, you are one of those entities, perhaps a cleaner, um, and you only employ employees and you have no other suppliers who qualifies for subcontractors, do you need to worry about doing a TPAR each year? And the answer is yes. And the opportunity is for you, not the opportunity, the requirement for you is to lodge a nil TPAR if that is the circumstances. And we had a lot of questions about, well, what have that hasn't been done for a few years? Uh, the strong recommendation is to go back through your um, online services for agents and assist that particular client to lodge those new TPARs. Matthew, you can chime in at this point. The ATO clearly have a lens on making sure that lodgements are still met, correct? Yeah, absolutely, Rob. There is a compliance program behind it. Um, if you've lodged prior, your call letter about lodging a nil um, return is a really good one because otherwise our clients or ourselves will get pinged saying, yes. why haven't you lodged? Here's a yes. penalty. Um, so lodging the nil nil return is a requirement. So, yeah, good call. So a number of things to consider as we come into that time around the end of August for those lodgements to be completed. And again, I'd recommend if you haven't gone and had a look at that technical webinar um, recently recorded, we'd encourage you to do so. We have an article in our newsletter um, with for both members and non-members, so perhaps again, and we always in, uh, celebrate those that are tuning in right now to this particular podcast and perhaps you're not a member of the ICB, but you uh, are engaging with us, which we are very happy about. The, the question of how do I become one of these things called a BAS agent is what we tackle in, in an article. Um, 
Let's get some clarity around the purpose of that article, Matthew. Share with us. Yeah, Rob, it's an interesting one because um, clearly a number of the ICB members online are already there. They're BAS yeah. agents, they're beyond it. Uh, we may have become BAS agents in 2010 when it first came into being. Where this article's position and why I'm really pleased it's out there again is saying giving our members a chance to encourage their team members to think about becoming BAS agents. For our business listeners, it's reminding you that engaging with a BAS agent, they are qualified, they are subject to codes of conduct, they have met requirements and they are monitored. Um, But equally, where does a lot of our community come from? We were doing the books inside a business and we decided we could do it for more for more businesses. So this article really positions and just reminds us all what the benefits of being a BAS agent are, what the journey to becoming a BAS agent is. And, Rob, um, even as early as this morning, the Tax Practitioner Board have just had penalties applied to an unregistered agent who consciously knew they were doing agent work and did not um, register, did not seek to register, and they have been prosecuted and I believe they're going to federal court for penalties against this particular uh, person. So, again, why should we be a BAS agent? Yes, it's registered. It's a credibility sign. If you're providing BAS agent services to businesses, have a read of this article and uh, start the journey to being a BAS agent if you're not there already. In a strange sort of way, that is very encouraging to hear that the Tax Practitioners Board have taken that response this morning because I think there's a lot of listeners right now who are BAS agents who are silently celebrating that because they know of some, not many, but some who are clearly not towing the line and a line we all tow and we all tow it because that's the requirement so or the requirements so uh yeah i'm uh, i wasn't aware of that but uh very pleased to hear that the tax practitioners board are taking some great leadership in that regards all right, let's um, let's start to, to to wind down. Although we've got one topic in the newsletter and on our news items on our uh, website www.icb.org.au, that has become somewhat of a thread for us at the ICB this year, and I think is a really really important thread for any bookkeeper uh, in either practice or in employment or or whatever situation they find themselves right now, and that is the question around the case for automation and data integrity. Now, interweaved into that is the conversation about the rise and the rise of um, artificial intelligence or AI. Now, for those members who attended or those um, bookkeepers who attended our annual summit earlier this year, you'll know that we tackled that topic head on in a major way and in some ways before uh, a lot of the current narrative, which is very vocal in the marketplace came about. Matthew, do you want to just give us a quick refresh of specifically the views that you positioned back in March around the importance of data integrity for bookkeepers? Yeah, Rob, you're going to get me on a hobby horse here. So uh, let let me just do, do some of my view of where we're at with the world at the moment. 
I'm just um, I'm just reeling him in, folks. So I I knew I was getting him on the hobby horse, and that's that's what we want. Look, uh, uh, Robert, I'm finding that term artificial intelligence. It's being overused at the moment, and it's being given so much credit. Now, I, I'm going to give it two perspectives. One of there is some stuff coming, and some of it is coming really, really soon into our space that is using machine learning. It's using artificial intelligence techniques um, that is has the opportunity to make us so much more efficient, yes. so much more um, mechanical process that will be automated by things like, and I'll call it out, Microsoft's co-pilot program. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hearing some really exciting things about where that's coming and how widely that is going to be released very shortly. If you thought chat GPT was going to shake you, wait until co-pilot hits. Now, exactly. let's go back a bit. To the bookkeeping community, to the business community, we have actually been embracing AI techniques. And I'm going to say it's 23 years, Rob. When GST came in, bank feeds was hitting a new level. You may recall bank um, data, bank data was coming into our software. And since 2000, the software's got a little bit better with auto-coding, memorised transactions. What is that? That is the, the very basics of machine learning where we've guided the program how to do things quickly for us. Instead of us doing it manually, the program would machine learn, it'd be instructed, it would process quicker. So it's happening and over those 23 years, it's really bubbled quite well. What we're seeing now is the computers are getting better, the programs are getting better. Yeah. And we're getting anomaly tools. And at, at our summit, we talked about, you know, programs for bookkeepers that can really help us analyse the data to the next level. Um, so in terms of our role, and I can assure you, Rob, in terms of where the tax office are going, and some of you may have seen a rather, I'm going to call it ambitious and adventurous article earlier um, in the last couple of days about how well the ATO are using artificial intelligence analyst tools. I'm not convinced the article was nailing it. I don't think they're that clever just yet. But I've got to tell you, there are hundreds and hundreds of people in the ATO's big data team and their role is to analyse data, to find trends going on within ATO data. So the case for automation, Rob, it's here. Best bookkeeping practice, best business practice, stay in touch with what yep. our programs are doing, what extra um, techniques they're taking on. We at ICB are monitoring this very cleverly. Rob and I, I think, are talking about it about every second day at the moment. Indeed. Uh, with how to bring to the bookkeepers and business community the right language, the right techniques, the best practice. So there is a case for automation, Rob. It's a no-brainer. It's going to happen around us. We just need to be in tune with which techniques to take up when that make us more efficient. Is that where you wanted me to go, Rob? 
I do not have to ha- add a word to that because you, uh, you, you've nailed that beautifully. Uh, I think the, the word that we did use back in March and still continues to be is harness. Harness where appropriate. Um, there is a lot of emotion. There's a lot of uh, media. There's a lot of uh, false media perhaps around this and uh, we'd really encourage you to, to stay in touch with the positioning that we are trying to make with this specifically for bookkeepers. We're not going to call out anything other than we're looking at it through the lens and the eyes of a bookkeeper and saying, where can we use this? And I love your call out that we kind of at times slip into a a mode of suggesting that this is brand new and only ever happened in 2023. And and we know that that's not the case. We can go back 20, 30, 40 years and, and see stuff that indicates where just the development of where we're at right now has got to. So, a uh, great article in our newsletter and on our website. And uh, if you want to dig, dig into that deeper, we strongly encourage you to do so. But just before we wrap up, before we finish up, um, just to call out on a couple of other things that are on our website currently and in our newsletter and we'd love people to be talking about and considering uh, back again, back at our summit back in 2000, uh, back in March of 2013, um, our CEO, who we heard up from earlier 2023, today. 2023, probably, Rob. What did I say? 2022, did I? You oh, well, there 2013. You You're showing no, your I did age, I, Oh, Truth, <laughs> I really am and I... Don't know if streets an appropriate word on a post um, podcast, just quietly. But uh, anyway, we might do some editing on that one. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> 2023, our CEO Amanda Linton did announce that we would be uh, launching a thing called our regional roundtables, which is very much um, based around the mandate that the ICB has of members at the centre of everything we do and we want to hear directly from you as our valued members. So over the next 12 months there will be a um, some face-to-face regional roundtables which will be predominantly in country and regional areas, not calling out that we won't be in some of the cities as well, um, where ICB board members and executive and um in some cases, perhaps some management of the ICB will be coming to a town near you and be able to uh, sit down and cover conversations like what do you see the future of professional bookkeepers in Australia? What do you expect from a professional association in 2023 and beyond? And what could the ICB be doing to support you more as a professional bookkeeper, student and or business owner? Um, So, have a look at that article and, again, on our website. Um, I'll mention, Matthew, that we're kicking this process off as early as Friday the 1st of September in Cairns of all places and I'll be up there and uh, looking forward to meeting with uh, our professional bookkeepers in that particular region. If you are listening in and you're from that region and you haven't received an email yet about that event, you can send an email yourself to admin at icb.org.au uh, requesting that you'd like to attend that event and we will respond. There are limited seats available in all of these roundtables, so you might want to get in early if you can um, and watch this space as we continue to roll that opportunity around Australia. Uh, but a great opportunity for bookkeepers to engage with 
with uh, the ICB directly. And uh, in many cases, Matthew, I think uh, reinforce hopefully what we're already doing very well. Um, but we want to sit and listen and hear and hear that from from our, from those who are investing with the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. And then finally, uh, just want to call out that, as always, there is an action-packed newsletter that is available to both members and non-members of the ICB. We've spoken about some pretty major parts of, of that newsletter, but uh, I want to mention that there's part two to something that you and I talked about in the last episode of the ICB um, News Channel podcast, and that's the steps to starting a business. Uh, so if you invested in part one, make sure you go and follow up with part two. We tackle the question in this newsletter of what happens if you realise now you've got 53 weeks or 27 fortnights in this new payroll year that's just kicked off recently. Um, so some yeah, some technicalities around that that you might want to go and consider if you've worked out that that affects you with the way your cycle of payrolls has, has um, emerged. We've just completed a technical webinar that you can also go back and have a look at around spotting the danger signs of businesses in financial trouble and uh, a great tech webinar where we've uh, included the ATO and their cash flow coaching kit process in that particular webinar and also our partners, Hamilton Murphy Insolvency Agencies. Uh, insolvency agency who uh, tuned in on that particular website, on that website, webinar, and uh, gave some great contribution as to how, as bookkeepers, should we approach if we have clients or perhaps uh, a business that we're uh, tied up with that's showing signs of, biz of being in financial trouble. So well worth going and having a, a listen to that, but also you can read about that in our newsletter. And then finally, Matthew, I'm going to cycle you back on, in on this one. We are regularly having articles around maintaining cyber vigilance. Some might say, why did we keep doing that? Uh, I think the answer is obvious, but I'll give you the opportunity to, to wrap up today's um, session of the podcast with just some commentary around cyber. We talk about it a lot, but do we talk about it enough? Rob, it's an interesting one because I talk about a lot of noise in our space and artificial intelligence, there's a lot of noise. Cyber security, cyber awareness, there's a lot of noise. Um, and, you know, ICB is contributing what we think is a series of material that speaks to you as bookkeepers to assist your businesses about what is going on. So we're picking the eyes out of the essential eight. Now, as soon yes. as you say essential eight, I'm lost, right? I, yeah. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> lost. But technical IT geeks are loving this stuff. But as small business, we lose it. So we've tried to break that down a little bit. Um, yeah. Rob, what's happening is the crooks are getting bigger and better. Yep. Um, it's not the guy in a hoodie in a basement. It's big buildings full of a call centre and office workers that their life and their remuneration is to hack business. So yes. what we're doing is raising that profile. I'm going to call out, Rob, uh, ICB as a member of COSBOA has been behind yes. the Cyber Wardens program. Uh, that hit a new level in the last week with two face-to-face uh, -face beta testing of the learning platform behind Cyber Wardens. 
So uh, soon as that becomes the next level of public, we will be uh, putting it out to all ICB members and their businesses about small business helping small business to cope with cyber strategy. Um, and Rob, what's what's happening is their techniques keep changing, their their technology keeps changing, the way they're hitting us keeps changing. And what uh, ICB is doing and what that Cyber Wardens program will do is try to stay on top of that and keep us all informed about strategies. I am loving watching that Cyber Wardens program grow and develop and uh, we have got some information on that on our website um, in our news items. You need to scroll to um, look at more items on our news items when you get to uh, our website um, and you'll be able to read a little bit more about Cyber Wardens. But there's a lot more to come with that and we'll, we'll continue to invest in that in future episodes of the ICB News Channel podcast. Matthew Addison, thank you for joining us today, as always. Uh, great to have you and your insights. I'll give you the last word. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Look, we are in interesting times as we record this. The economics around us are pretty tough. Uh, there's a few business reports out recently that are starting to reflect in the data that consumers, the individuals, are really being uh, far more selective in the way they spend their money. Businesses are being really cautious and starting to select which services. It's just really careful management right now. And as professional bookkeepers, staying on top of how businesses are going, maybe asking some questions, um, asking questions about decisions that are being made. Let's do business really strategically, really smart, and I think we'll be fine. But we do have a bit of a journey to go through for the next, um, I'm going to say, six months. And it's a journey we will continue to unpack on this particular podcast and the various other channels, including our ICB newsletter um, over the that coming period ahead. Thank you, Matthew, for joining us today. Thank you to Amanda Linton for uh, joining us in the earlier parts of today's podcast. But most of all, we thank you, uh, the listener tuning in today. We hope that you have got value and uh, we will continue to, to try and provide that value when you next tune into the ICB News Channel podcast. But for now, uh, we will see you on our next episode. Thank you.